I'd like to start out with a, a small disclaimer. As part of my introduction, uh, I don't uh, intend for this to be political, so don't take it that way. Uh, years ago, there was a show on TV. I didn't watch it, but I saw some clips once. And a guy named Donald Trump uh, had a show called The Apprentice, and people would come in, and he'd give them a job, and usually about the end of the show, they'd come in and review how their performance was, and he'd look at them and say, You're fired! with the way he talks. So that's, that's our introduction. That's our title. You're fired. As I grew up, I got a job working for my brother for 50 cents an hour, driving a, a two-cylinder John Deere, the one that goes pop, 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 pop. And I, I was thinking, you know, if I get in 10 hours, I got $5. I am going to be rich. Uh, didn't work that way. Uh, and I've done a lot of other things in my life. I was never fired. I probably should have been. But I, I've never been fired. We was building the church, and some of you will recall, as we was putting up the sheetrock and doing the wiring, uh, there was a young man that worked for that crew. I don't remember his name. I, most of us called him, I don't care. He didn't care. He was here for a paycheck. He didn't care what he did. Uh, we give him credit. If you'll go into the kitchen area, you'll see in the floor there's holes. Uh, he put in a frame for one door. The plans called for two doors. So we pulled it out. We have holes in the floor, and we covered it up. One day we come in, and uh, right over here where Ron Van Franken's sitting, we had put in all the plugs, and they just put sheetrock over the plug, hadn't even cut out a hole. There's a bulge in the wall. I guess so we'll call some more names. Brother Murray comes along and with a big black marker and says, this is not acceptable. Signed it, David Zebach. <laughs> well, I got to talk to the foreman, and next day or two, uh, Mr. I Don't Care was no longer employed. He had got fired. So I guess I was partly responsible for getting someone fired. Let's look, you know, what has that got to do with us? That's just an introduction. Uh, let's look at some verses in the Bible that maybe we can say this guy was fired. Matthew 18 and 24, And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought to him which owed him 10,000 talents, for as much as he could had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children, and all that he had in payment to be made. You remember the rest of the story. He fell down and said, Lord, have mercy on me. Give me some time. I will pay this debt. Now, 10,000 talents back at biblical age was a huge amount. I don't know for sure how much. But the Lord had mercy on him. He gave him some time. He had pity on him. What did he do? He went and found a fellow servant that had a, owed him a hundred pence. Now, a pence is plural for pennies. So he owed him pennies, and this guy owed thousands of talents. He grabbed him by the throat and shook him, says, pay me what you owe me. 
And he said, oh, have mercy on me. I'll pay you. But he wouldn't. He threw him in prison. Well, the 10,000 talent guy, his fellow workers went and told the Lord what had happened. And here's what the Lord did. Verse 33, Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due him. I'm going to use this as an example of getting fired. It's also exampled how we should treat our fellow man. If we want God to forgive us, we've got to forgive people around about us that wrong us. One example. Number two, very uh, common, Matthew 25 and verse 27, Thou oughtest therefore I put my money to the exchangers, then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. Remember here, the Lord came to his employees. He gave one five talents, one two talents, and one. And he told them basically, go out and make money for me. I don't know where they went out and planted crops, where they bought cattle, where they traded pork bellies. I don't know what they did. But at his coming again, here come the people. The one with five talents says, I've got five more talents. The guy with two talents come he had two more talents. The guy with one talent says, Lord, I knew you was a hard man. I knew that you harvested where you didn't plant. I put your talent in the earth. I hid it. I didn't lose it. Here, here's what you give me. The Lord wasn't happy. He took that talent away from him. He gave it to the guy that had ten. And he says, Cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, as we read about the one talent man, I find one thing that really sticks out. He failed because of fear. Was he handicapped? I don't know. He failed because of fear. He was afraid to try to go out and make his Lord some money. He was fired. I don't see that Lord coming back and giving him money to make something with. He was fired. Third example. This is the last one. Luke 13, 3. Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? You remember here, the dresser of the vineyard says, Lord, let it alone. Let's leave it alone another year. Let me fertilize it. I'm going to take special care of it. If it don't have fruit then, then I'll cut it down. And then we, as we read in the scriptures, I don't know whether the fig tree had figs or not. I don't know whether it was cut out. I do know this. Years ago, we planted 10 peach trees out at our house. We put up drip lines. We fertilized it. We mowed around it. We never got enough peaches to make a cobbler. Them trees are not there now. I didn't plant them just to have something to mow around. 
where, where am I going? Here's where I'm going for you guys here today. 1 John 3 and 20. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. What do you think the Lord is thinking about your abilities that you're doing serving the Lord? What does he think about you? How would he rate you? My son-in-law at one time worked for the city of Norman, Oklahoma. He got a performance review that rated him badly. He went uh, ballistic. I have never had a bad review. What's going on here? What is it? He finally figured it out. His boss had wanted him to give one of the subordinates under him a bad review because the boss didn't like him. And Joe said, I'm not going to do that. He's doing his job. He said, I finally told the upper supervisor, you want him fired, you go do it. He didn't. But Joe got the bad review. Well, let's think as we study today about what God thinks about us. I don't guess it's too important what you think you're doing, but what does God think? Uh, <laughs> in Luke 12 and 7, God has numbered the hairs on our head. I know what you're thinking. Come back. Okay, come back to the lesson. God knows us. God knows your thoughts. He knows your desires. He knows your want-tos and your not-want-tos. Let's still go through some, a few things today and see what you think God's thinking of you. 1 Timothy 2 and 15, Study to show thyself to prove unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of the truth. You hear this a lot, how we need to study, how we need to know the word of God. You know, uh, let's think about Noah for a little bit. Matthew mentioned this last week, that it took Noah a long time, maybe a hundred years to build an ark. Now, I don't know whether Noah was a boat builder or a tent maker or a shepherd or what he was, but when he built that ark, he didn't have the tools like we have today. But it took him a long time to build an ark in a place where it had never been a flood. Matter of fact, it hadn't even rained. He's building an ark. It took him all these years to do that. I, I believe that God could have, if he wanted to, say, Noah, go over that hill. I've got an ark. Go open the door so everybody can get in it. I believe God could have done that. He didn't. It took Noah all of these years to prepare the ark just to suit God's plan. So if he tells us we need to study so we know his will and his desires, we have to take the time to do it. We gain a lot by knowing God's word. That's important. How would you rate your study habits? Second Timothy 3 and 16, it says, All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It goes on to say, So it will be thoroughly furnished. Have you thought about 
the Bible that we have has the Word of God in it. How can this have God's mind and thoughts in it? Well, you know, some guy, he put it together. Hey, it happens the same way as when God took dirt and breathed into it and became a man. We have this word that will help us with the doctrine. How are we supposed to conduct a church service? How are we supposed to have our sins forgiven? How are we supposed to do all these things? It's in the Bible. If we're having problems in life, we can read for correction and reproof. It's important that we study. How are you studying? Are you doing a good job at it? Attendance. We hit on that from time to time. Hebrews 10 and 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the matter of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching. The word exhort here means to call near. To draw close. To comfort. Can I exhort you if you're not here? Can you exhort me if I'm not here? God wants us here upon the first day of the week. Uh, I'll go back to building the church. Every once in a while they say, okay, we're going to come in and we're going to do a certain project. We'll be here on Tuesday. Garland and I wanted us, which Tuesday are you talking about? Because they hardly ever showed up when they said they was. How would, if some of you have had employees or do have employees, what if they showed up to work as much as you show up to church? Would you be ready to fire them? Okay, I'm going to hit on another type of attendance. 1 Timothy 4 and 13 says, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. I'm going to call this priorities. What is your priorities? Is your priorities stock shows? I'm stepping on toes now. Is it sports? Is it hunting? Is it fishing? Is it shopping? I bet everybody's been shopping or going to. What's your priorities? Where does serving God fit on that priority list? Is it in the top ten? What's your priorities? What does God think about that? How about fruit? We studied about the fig tree. And John 15 and 2, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. The word purge is uh, used, I think, to mean cleanse, maybe prune, to do better. What kind of fruit does a Christian produce? Well, more Christians, good works, leading souls to Christ. There's a lot of things. How, how is your fruit? Are you like the fig tree? Not much. Think about your fruit. Matthew 7 and 16, You shall know them by their fruits. 
Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. You have influence, and it's touching people. It touches people here in the audience. It touches people we run into, people at work. The people you run into, do they know you're a Christian? Do they know that you would help them obey in the gospel? Do they, what do they know about you? Do they even know you go to church? We've got people who have livestock. Sometimes we count how many are there. Somebody's short. Somebody's gone. Somebody's sick. How many Christians have you been involved with? How many? This goes right along with it. Acts 8 and 30. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Are you a guide or do you need to be guided? Are you a Philip? Are you an eunuch? Do people come to you and ask you something about the Bible? Are you willing to ask someone and help them with study? If you don't know how, ask somebody here today. We'll help you to become a guide. It's not that hard. You know, a while back, we had one of our speakers challenged everyone in this audience to run in and ask somebody, do you want to study the Bible? I know some did. We baptized one because of that. We got studies going on because of that. Uh, one individual, they asked, and they said no. I mean, that, that happens. That's part of it. Did you not get around to asking someone to study? If you didn't, I'll give you another chance. I asked someone this week, you want to study the Bible? He said, let me think about it. I think that was a polite no, but maybe they will think about it. Let's ask them about it. This next slide, I like it. I like to say this word. I like to say sluggard. I, I just To me, it's fun to say that. In Proverbs 20 and 4, the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg in the harvest and have nothing. I'm not going to call this name. We had a commissioner a while back. And you'd ask him, hey, we need to grade the roads. It's too dry. You might see him later and he's, our roads are really bad. It's too wet. I see some smiles. They know what I'm talking about. Never did get around to grading the roads. Are you that way about doing Christian work? Just never get around to it. Proverbs 13 and 4, The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Years ago, Brother Delbert, came up to several of us, and he gave me a wooden thing. 
looks like a coin. It says, to it. He said, now you've got a round to it. How many of us say this? One of these days, I'm going to get around to it. I said it for years. You know, when I retire, I'm going to do more. I'm going to do more. I'm going to do more. I think we have too much stuff. I think we just have way too much stuff in our life. If you hadn't listened to that lesson, pull it up on podcast. We get involved with stuff. I'm working too hard. I need to pay for everything. You know, it's just, we get too much stuff in our life. I think sluggard and lukewarm goes together. Revelation 3 and 16. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. I see coaches in the audience today. I see parents that are wannabe coaches in the audience. Each one of us is set out there in the crowd and we'll say, Hustle! Jump! Get after it! Won't we? And you'll see a player that loafs along that won't try. Don't you? They don't have it in it. We coached little dribblers years ago and once they threw the ball to this one player and they caught it and it was like a hot potato. They had to get rid of it. They came over to the timeouts. I touched the ball. I said, yes, you did. You touched the ball. Are we that way about being a Christian? What does God think? Are you loafing? Are you lukewarm? Are you not showing up for practice? The team goes and you're not there? What are you doing? What about your works? Matthew 25 and 35. I was a hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. All right, in the last year, have you took a meal to anybody? In the last year, have you found somebody that needed a place to spend the night and you took them in? If you went to the hospital and visit somebody, maybe sat with them during surgery, did you go by the jail and say, hey, can I come in and read the Bible? How many times have you done that? How hard are you working? God knows. Goes how hard you're working. Maybe this will help it a little bit. How committed are you? John 9 and 4, I must work the works of the me of him that sent me while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. You may be the only Christian some lost people ever run in contact with. 
And I like that song, 450. Do you ever mention Jesus to them? Have you ever mentioned Jesus to them? Your relatives, your co-workers, those that you run into, do you ever mention him? What about this congregation? You're committed to it. If we have a work day to do something, building or outside, do you show up? We clean up once a month, vacuum, do whatever, mop, clean the windows. Are you here? What about housing people during gospel meetings? Do you help with that? Do you sign up to go get people in the nursing homes and whatever? The grass needs to be mowed. What, are, you, what, are you doing anything? Are you working? Do you need to be fired? What do you think? Will you be fired? God knows how you have worked at this Christian job. He knows. Matthew 25 and 41. Then he sh shall he say to them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. This is not a myth. It's real. Do you have a little bit of a, a sick feeling in your stomach? Maybe your heart's pounding a little bit. You know, to some extent, how well you've tried, how hard you've tried. In Matthew 7 and 22, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. This would be the saddest day of your life. To know that when you stand in front of the Lord, that you hadn't been acceptable, you hadn't done the things you should have, that you get this. It don't show too good, but you can get the hint. There's a lake of fire. And when God says in his voice, you're fired, this is really being fired. This is the ultimate fire. You'll know you've been fired when God fires you. Your fire is never ending. Your fire is so painful, and it lasts day and night. In just a little bit, we're going to offer invitation. If you hadn't lived right, let's get right. You're going to have a chance to do that. I'm going to shift gears on you just for a second. Those of you that have not obeyed the gospel, I want you to think about this. I've talked to the Christians this morning. Obeying the gospel is not hard. You hear like you have today. Are you willing to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? It's, it's not brain science. 
Are you willing to repent? Repent means not telling lies, not doing bad things, trying to live after Jesus. Are you willing to do that? Then we need to come forward to the front. You'll be asked, do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And you say yes. We go up the stairs. You've got to change your clothes and towel. You're baptized right here. And you come up, your sins are gone. Your sins are gone. You're a Christian then. And you start the Christian walk. We'll help you with it. If you don't do that, I need you to understand you are hopeless. Your life is going to be a mess. Everything you do is going to be bad, wrong. The people you run into and run around is a wreck. Nothing is good. Your life is hopeless. But I will guarantee you this. If you don't obey the gospel... I will guarantee you, you're right here. You have no other option than to be right here for eternity. Am I making it plain? It's not hard at all. You have to obey the gospel to become a Christian. You submit to Jesus. You say you believe in Him and your sins are washed away. Then you walk the Christian life. It's not that hard, folks. You're still alive and breathing. I pray that before this service is over, you don't die. That you have time to come to the front. I pray that. One last slide. If you will obey the gospel, this is what happens. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joys of thy Lord. This is what we want. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.